From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. I get sick when I'm around. I can't stand to be around. I hate everything about you. Everything about you. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Barn Grill. Coming up on today's show, what in the world is going on with the Knowles? This is amazing. Four straight wins, looking ahead to the Florida game, as well as the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Barn Grill in Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website. If you cannot make it to Dote Campbell Stadium on Friday night, you're probably going to miss out on a really, really epic, memorable game. But if you can't be there, the next closest thing is probably hanging out with a bunch of awesome people at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Check out cptallybar.com for the daily specials. Don't forget Tuesday, trivia. Thursday, I'm guessing no bingo because it's Thanksgiving. But who knows? They might surprise you at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Uh, but anyways, any event, always a great time to go to the CP. Correct, Corey? Correct. I was there uh, Saturday night a little bit after the game. I was there Sunday to watch uh, Stephanie's Browns uh, lose uh, badly to the yeah. Bills. But also the Falcons, uh, Mariota with the, with another Heisman moment, um, beating the beating the Bears. What a what a great win for that up and coming franchise. And then I doubt there will be bingo on Thursday at, at Corner Pocket, but it will be open. Oh wow! At least in the evening, starting in the evening, it opens Thanksgiving night. Which you know, if I ran a bar like my 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 friend Bill Hayes runs a bar, mm. I would do the same thing because okay. people they come into town. They hang out all day with their family. Maybe around 7, 7.30, you want to get away for a little bit from the family. Okay. okay. You go hang out at the CP. It's good people there. Um, cold beer, hot women. Oh, all right. <laughs> there's, the, there's the motto. Warchant.com, the ultimate symbol sports source. Again, you can sign up for all of the great access premium at Warchant.com for only 10 American dollars for an entire year of access. Ira's 321, Henshaw's house. Great insight with Ira and George Henshaw, NFL, FSU, former coordinator. Corey's postgame columns, full recruiting wrap ups from Michael Langson, and plenty, plenty more. The Knowles back at it this morning. They'll be practicing. We'll be out there. Schedules moved up a day, if you will. Today's a Tuesday. Tuesday will be a Wednesday, at least in terms of the access that we get to the team. So. Uh, do stay connected to Warchant.com. We'll have, what, Norvell and Atkins on Monday, Corey? Mm-hmm. And then it looks yep. like uh, Fuller, Papuchas players as well, uh, sprinkled in there too. So uh, we're going strong. Also going strong later tonight, 6 o'clock, or you want to do 7 o'clock, Corey? Live planning right now, live show. Um. Yeah, and there's a basketball game. Uh, that's that they played Mercer. They played the big Mercer Bears. They're looking for their first W of the season. I completely forgot about that. No. But I would say so. If we're gonna do it today, it needs to be at six o'clock. Okay, yeah. six p.m. live on YouTube. Mm. Yep. Corey and Aslan, wake up or chant. Come one, come all. It'll be fantastic. All right, Corey. Florida State now eight and three after the impressive dominating victory on Saturday in Dote Campbell Stadium. What was it, 49-17? I usually have the stats pulled up in front of me, but for some reason I don't. Uh, But the final score, not nearly as indicative of just how much Florida State dominated the Ragin' Cajuns. Florida State now 8-3, four straight wins. 
you know, sometimes I would ask you, hey, what do we, what do we learn from the game? Um, I don't know. We, we've learned that, I don't know, this, this pattern is sustainable. This isn't just a pattern. This is, this is identity. This is what, they're, what they are, who they can be, even better mm. and greater. Uh, what was Saturday like for you? What do you take away from it? Top line, 49-17 win. Yeah, I think it was just the 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 same as the week before and the week before. Like this, that just kind of I don't want to say surprised anymore, but so genuinely encouraged uh, about and just just pleased. Like they don't come out and just pussyfoot around with teams, man. They they get on teams and stay on them and dominate them. Like, look, I brought it up in the war chant rap. Yes, they were a heavy favorites against Louisiana. They were 24-point favorites. They were up 49-3. to Vegas didn't think the, sep- the spread between those two teams was that drastic. It was a 24-point spread, not a 40-point spread. Yet, meanwhile, midway through the third quarter, it's 49-3, to and Jordan Travis hasn't played in the second half. That's how, I guess, wrong Vegas was, but how well Florida State is playing compared to the competition. The same week the week before, the same thing the week before, yeah, they were favored on the road in the Carrier Dome, or what is it, TMH Dome? What is it called, TMI JMA, Dome? The JMA Wireless Dome. Okay, there you go. I think. Okay, so the, I, I like the TMI Dome. I think that's a pretty good name <laughs> for right. it. Um, you know, they were favored by seven. They won by 35. They were favored uh, at Miami by, what, a touchdown? A little less than that, maybe? They won by 42. Like, they're not just beating these teams. They're pulverizing these teams. And, and you can say, yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. Nobody does this. Look around the country, man. This isn't, you're supposed to have a bad game and you just hope, or even a bad quarter or two. But the starters haven't given up a touchdown, Aslan. They've given up one touchdown in a month. The, the starting defense. That was the first drive against Georgia Tech after an onside kick. That's the only touchdown the starting defense is allowed. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Um, in, a, in, a, in college football in 2022. And you're not... You're not talking about the steel curtain. You're not talking about, I don't know what Alabama, you're not talking about the 2013 FSU defense or like the 2021 Georgia defense. About the purple people. These are good players. About the Vikings back in the day. There you go. That's a good one too. But you're not, you're you're talking about good college football players, not exceptional first round talents, but they're just playing so well right now. And it's, it's really fun to see. Is it sustainable? Like, is this, are we looking I mean, at this team and saying I guess this is like a floor? Like there there's no there's no moving back from what they've established this season? That's incredible. Well, I still just, can't wrap my head around it, it man. Yeah, I, I just think it's hard to it's hard to talk about that because you're talking about a team and not a program. Like this yeah. team, um, you know, they only have two games left. And who knows who will even be participating in the bowl game. So they really only have one game left. So to ask if it's sustainable, yeah, I think it's sustainable for another six days. Oh, yeah, but after that, sure. I, I I just I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you hope that there is a standard that's set, but you know you're going to lose players, and you're going to you're going to who knows what the roster will look like uh, uh, next year. But it's just I I just want to enjoy what we've seen because yeah. this isn't this has been really fun, and they play really hard, they play really well, they play smart, um, they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Um, the one they didn't have a turnover on they didn't have a turnover on Saturday. And the one turnover they had against Syracuse was um, Norvell blamed himself. And it was that weird stand-up by the line of scrimmage and, and, uh, and, and Jordan got strip-sacked. Uh, just, man, and you think about, like, again, I just, I, 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 I kind of thought this after the Georgia Tech game. 
when you know there were there were other people, uh, Jeff Cameron included, who's who's right more than he's wrong, but was talking about how he wasn't impressed with the way they played. He wasn't he wasn't excited with the way they played, especially early on. And I'm and, and I'm like, man, I don't know that we can dismiss games where you outgain people by 300 yards. This isn't this isn't 1998. This doesn't happen a lot. I just think that game showed them, especially when they stopped when they when they you know after the ridiculous dropped snap in the or the wildcat uh toa feely dropping that snap after that ridiculous play i i just think they completely obliterated a not bad team and that's kind of what i want to want to want to stress here is you look around at these teams they've beaten i mean georgia tech just beat north carolina in chapel um, hill in chapel hill that is not and you saw what they did on defense that is not a bad defense that jordan travis just ripped for 400 yards now, yes, Miami lost badly at Clemson, but Miami's offense is a joke. That defense is not a joke. I think. What did you say? Miami had eight yards at the half. Yeah, fifth oh, lowest and, and I think five and since twenty twelve or something like that. They, they didn't even have a hundred yards. I don't think on the entire night. One hundred yards of total, less than hundred. Like ninety five yards of total offense, which I think I saw in the scroll was like their least since nineteen sixty five. So yes, their offense is a disaster right now, but that defense isn't. And Florida State treated that defense as if it was a, a probation era Miami team, like probation from when they're on probation. I'm not talking about the 20s. Uh, prohibition, not prohibition. prohibition. Kids. Yeah, that was a prohibition era uh, Miami Miami uh, uh, defense. So that that and then Louisiana isn't a bad team, man. They had a they have a pretty good defense. Syracuse. I mean, you saw what they did. They. I, don't I mean, even care. I don't. I don't think they're a really but, good team. But what you're doing to these teams is incredible. No one's That's doing what I'm it. saying. They aren't. They aren't beating Charleston Southern and Savannah State yeah. back to back. Yeah. These are capable, competent. Some will go to bowl type teams, and you are annihilating them. I don't know. Say for Ohio State, maybe not even Ohio State, man. Like how much better is Maryland than Syracuse? Yeah, no, they struggle with Northwestern too. Ohio State, right? Had a couple and how much better is Kentucky than? Louisiana, like, yes, I know Kentucky would beat Louisiana, but Kentucky's offense is a train wreck. They're not good at all, and Georgia beat them by 10 points. My point is I don't know if there's another team in the country that is beating these last four teams like the way Florida State has beaten them. This is just crazy. This just doesn't happen. That's all. And so hopefully it carries over into Friday. Hopefully you play uh, well enough to win, hopefully well enough to win big and keep this thing going. But that this month has been like an, unlike any month we've seen around here in nine years. What is more encouraging to you, this running game? What is this now, five straight games? Six. 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 Yep. Sorry. Sorry, Alex. Six straight games are running for 200 or more yards. That's the most they've had uh, since 1995 consecutively. Or just this no-name defense. Um, mm. Just stifling. I mean, and no sorry, I mean, that's – kind of a backhanded compliment i'm sorry maybe some of you end up will but I, I don't i don't think the college football at large i don't know if you walk through columbus if you walk through the horseshoe on saturday or you walk through you know bryant denny stadium on saturday if you could ask them to name three guys that start on florida state's defense i don't i don't know how many people will be able to say that credit to you guys though you're all playing great what's what's been the more impressive sort of feat to you uh, just the way this defense is playing that now let me look at this they are now in the nation when it comes to defense and yards allowed, they are 11th. They are 13th in points allowed. Man. Yeah. Rushing just, offense is 14th in the country. 
14th. 14th. I still think what the offense is doing. Okay. Uh, in the in the only the only reason I say that because the defense is very very important clearly, and they've done a remarkable job. I just the quarterback play they faced this last month has not been what you would call you know good or average. Yeah. So that's still the one question I have is as well as they played and they've done awesome. You can't you can't you know you don't get to pick who the quarterback is. But you know, Georgia Tech with an awful backup. Well, if anything, um, maybe we should maybe we should look at the injury stuff. I know a lot of people are looking back and being like, "Well, man, if we didn't get hurt, where would we be?" It's like, well, maybe look at the sort of good fortune you've had here towards the end of the year that these other teams have been banged up, so maybe kind of all evens right. out the wash. So you know, the Syracuse's uh, quarterback certainly looked better um, this past week Jeez, yeah, man. than he than he did uh, against Florida State, but I think Florida State had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, Schrader just was was not didn't look himself. But Florida State again, maybe that was more about Florida State than it was Schrader's injury. But you had you know Van Dyke only played a few snaps, and then you saw what that offense is like without without him, or it wasn't even good with him. And then the, even Louisiana was playing their backup quarterback. So you've gotten a break with the quarterback play. That's the only reason that I'm not over the top through you know over the moon. With, and I am, but like more over the moon, like over Mercury. I don't know, over Saturn. Um, man, Syracuse is, but, had 477 yards against Wake. Yeah, man, Wake's defense is not very good, and it was a real shame that Florida State picked that second quarter to have its worst quarter um, probably of the season um, because they probably would have won that game otherwise because they it's just they, the offense didn't play well there for a stretch. But, yeah, I, w I would say that the, the rushing offense, because, again, you go into every game. You knew it. You knew going into that game Saturday they're going to run all over Louisiana because this is just what they do. And I'll say this, man. I don't think Trey Benson looked good at all. <laughs> Did not look anything like he had the previous three weeks. I thought he was tiptoey. I thought he wasn't. Now, he was carrying guys a couple yards. He broke, as far as I know, he broke one tackle. This is a dude that broke 14 tackles a game. He just didn't seem to be hitting the hole with the explosiveness he had been hitting with it the last three weeks. And who cared? They ran for 250 yards again. It's just, it's just what they do. It's just what they do. It's what this offensive line does. It's what Atkins preaches and coaches and teaches. And it's what Norvell stresses. And it's what he wants his program to be. And it's exactly what it is. Um, I just, I guess if you ask me going into this game on Friday night, what do I trust more? What do I have more confidence in? And I have confidence in both. But I would say the rushing attack and the offense. I think, and that also has something to do with Florida being so bad defensively. I think you go into that game knowing you're going to run for over 200 yards. So the question is, what, how many, how many, how many big runs are you going to have, and what will the passing game do to complement the running game? And what a great place to live, to go into football games, Aslan, knowing you can run on whoever the defense is in front of you. Sports betting is intense enough, everybody. You should not have to sweat your payouts. My bookie has a no-strings bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quick. Use the promo code WAKEUP, all one word, on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Using the bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount just once. And then you're ready to cash out. It's no strings attached with MyBookie. Hammer this bonus on MyBookie so you can focus on what's important on Thanksgiving week, family, food, and securing the money bag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. Not the greatest Wednesday for us last week. Corey got a little bit robbed on the TCU game. They were giving up three. 
Oh, uh, boy. You know, yeah. what are you going to do? What a game yeah. that was. We'll talk about that maybe later on the end of the show. Corey went 1-2 and two on the week. I went over. 7-5 and five for Corey. I'm 5-7. and seven. Yeah, uh, South Alabama won by 7. They needed to win by 8. It was 7.5 point line. Rutgers. And what were mine? What, what was the one I won? South Carolina. Plus 21.5. Oh, yeah. I yeah. crushed that one, Big gang. money on that one if you went on the, the money The problem is that I said the lock of the year was the other Carolina. Yeah. And that did not. I hope, guys, we're all doing this for fun. I, we obviously want you to use my bookie, but don't use my. I mean, I'm I'm doing my picks for fun. You've got to use your own brain, gang. I don't know what I'm doing over well, here. This is another because data that point. That was awful. This is another data point. Who would have seen that right. coming? I mean, they've they've unbelievable. Got like, a, like a New Year's Six bowl was kind of on the line for yep. UNC. Amazing, incredible. Mac but, Brown, man, Mac Brown. Mac Brown, dude. Mac Brown, indeed. Mybookie.ag again. Use that promo code. Wake up. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we look ahead to Florida, I don't know if it's wise. Again, you want to talk about bigger picture stuff, Corey, because you're more pragmatic. You want to talk about it when everything is over, which I get. Makes sense. Uh, we only have a few shows this week, so we don't necessarily have to talk about everything under the sun. Uh, but, again, a reminder, we will be live tonight, 6 o'clock. Join us in case you skip through the open uh, 6 o'clock live show, Corey and Aslan. I think it's safe to say now, like Mike Norvell was not a bad hire. We can mm. at least say that. Uh, a hot sure. take here. I mean, yeah. there was a little bit of doubt. I know there's a lot of people that believed in him, but I think a lot of people believed in him blindly because he's the head coach of their favorite football team. There, were, there, was, there was some stuff that you could, like, hang on to coming out of the, the first two seasons, but not a lot. And it was you had to kind of squint your eyes at it and maybe cross your fingers. But, listen, man, they lose to Florida. Who knows? There'll be a whole other story. I don't see that happening. We'll talk more about the Florida game coming up here shortly. Um, but – when we talk about how crazy all this stuff is, when we, we think about where Florida State was and where they're at right now, I mean, I, I firmly believe that this program won't take a step back from where they're at right now. I just I, I don't know how. I mean, Jordan Travis is a great quarterback. If he leaves, maybe that puts you in flux. But I, this guy has had pretty good quarterback play everywhere he's been, uh, even at the Power 5 level. Now, hasn't been this prolific, which – want to kind of maybe hammer down into one of these days and figure out maybe why he wasn't able to have the offensive success in a pretty offensively favorable conference like the Pac-12 that he's having here in the ACC, where we actually do play all three phases of football. Mm. But as we kind of talk about, is this player going to leave? Is that player going to leave? Like, we are now at a point where I haven't heard his name out there, but I wonder if there's, like, search firms that will tell a, a, an Auburn or whomever, like, look what this guy has done down there. Uh, it was embarrassing the last two years. So I don't know how much on the radar is from a national perspective. But when you look at the way these guys play, like the physicality, 
how clean they play, the discipline. And I'm not looking at penalties when it comes to discipline. I'm looking at responding well in a game. Uh, like, I, you know, I, was, I don't want to say I'm wrong, wrong. Because, listen, to, to be right on this, to be right, right on this, he's going to have to win a national title, which, you know, remains to be seen. That's a really high bar to clear, but that's, it's Florida State. You have to do that here. We won one seven years ago. Mark Rick didn't win one at Georgia. Maybe they consider him a great coach because he put them back on a, on a proper track, which they had been so far away from for so many years. It was only seven years away for Florida State. But I definitely was much more bearish on what he could be. It's, it's, it's really credit to, to Mike Norvell, man, everything he's done right now. He's, every button he's pushed here in the last six months, it feels like he really hasn't hit anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, obviously there were a couple in-game decisions that you could question and shake your head at, but that's every coach, literally every coach has those. Um, his were a little more magnified. They got lucky and not lucky, but they blocked an extra point to save them from the embarrassment of one. And then they, you know, they lost at NC State. So he wasn't saved from that one. But um, overall, when you, again, when you're just talking about what you want out of a program builder, every almost every turn has been the right one. He's taken the the right turn at every at every at every chance he's gotten, and and made I mean just made so many strides, positive strides. And, you know, you talk to fans now. When I was at CP, when I was at Corner Pocket on Saturday night, they had, what they have on? There was, uh, USC was playing UCLA, and there was another sort of good game. Oh, it was Tennessee and South Carolina, right in front of us. And I, and there was, a, I was talking to a couple of buddies, and I'm like, look, I'm looking at these two games, and there was another game off to the side, too. I'm like, Florida State would beat any of these teams that we're watching right now. I firmly believe that. Like, yes, USC and UCLA would score on Florida State, but Florida State might put up 55 on each of those, maybe 60, because of how physical they are, man. It's just a dip. what they do now travels, and it can play against anywhere. Now, obviously, they could lose to still, there's still, I don't know, 25, 30 teams they could lose to, but I genuinely b believe they can beat. They're good enough to beat anyone, and I think I now include Georgia in that. Now, they're not going to play Georgia, so it'll be, we'll never know, but if Florida State played, as well as they played these last three or four weeks, I think they could hang with Georgia. I think they could beat Ohio State because I think they'd move the ball in Ohio State. I think they'd move the ball in Georgia because they move the ball in everyone. And Georgia's offense doesn't scare me. So all that being said, think about what I'm saying, man. And I, maybe a few of you are rolling your eyes. I would, I would not think so. You can't watch these teams out there and go, yeah, they would beat Florida State by five touchdowns. Florida State would have no chance. They'd be blown off the field. That would not happen. If Florida State played well, they could legitimately beat Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. Now, play them 10 times, they might only win one of them, but they would have an opportunity, an actual chance to win those games, in my opinion. And I fully, 100% believe that. Think about where we were 14 months ago. They couldn't beat Jacksonville State. And now here I am, the, the wisest person you Bring guys know. Bring on the dogs. Know. Bring on the dogs. It, it, and, and it's like, man, they could hang with the best teams in the United States, playoff teams. LSU might make the playoff the way this thing keeps breaking. Florida State beat them, and it wasn't a fluke. So that I guess that's just, it's, it's, re, it's almost hard to grasp. It is. How far they've come. Yes, in two years, but even the last 12 months, heck, even the last six weeks how far they've come. And if Fabian Lovett played the whole season, I don't know, probably in the playoff hunt. Probably wouldn't get there because I don't know that a one-loss ACC team, that if your loss is to Clemson, 
I don't know that you're getting there, but uh, would have a chance, would have a real chance. And that's just, I, I can't believe that's where we are. Now I say all that knowing that they can lose Friday night. It's college football, man. How in the world does South Carolina go play that Florida team and score six points? I don't even think their touchdown was an offensive touchdown. It was special teams. It was supposed to go buff punt or something. And then I know Tennessee Heupel doesn't care all that much about defense, and they ain't very good at it, but good grief, they go out and score 63? Football's weird, man. It's a week-to-week game. You never know um, what's going to happen, so anything can happen. But I just love the fact that we now have a program in our midst that is good enough to hang and beat anybody else in the country. They are not the best program in the country. Not even one of the top 10 or 15 probably right now. But, buddy, they're getting close. They're getting close, and that's awesome to see, and that's all a credit to Norvell and his staff and these players for buying in. You know, a lot of them didn't have any other choice. They weren't highly recruited guys that the rest of the country wanted. But they bought in, and he's done really good work with a pretty good roster. Now it's a matter of, man, what would he do with a great roster full of NFL talent? It's fun to think about. Let's hope that happens. All right, so Florida State's currently 16th in the country right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Gators, uh, by virtue of their loss to Vanderbilt, uh, they didn't drop out of the polls. They weren't ranked to start with because they're just not a very good football team. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go full Jeff Cameron and like predict, you know, they're ripe to get their rear ends kicked. I didn't I, I watched some of the Vanderbilt game in the press box. I had it on my laptop because by the time I get to these games, everybody, I'm up top the hotel indigo for the first half. So by the time I actually get to Doke to work, these games are over and it's like ah, you know, love you, Gino English, but I'm not I'm not paying full attention to what's going on out there at that point. So I'm like, yeah, let's let's, let's look at the Gators, see how that's going in Nashville. I did watch that South Carolina game closely. That quarterback, I know Anthony Richardson went off statistically. Like, I think he got 400 yards. Yeah. Uh, but up until the point that I, I'd seen, like, I don't know, with maybe seven minutes, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, guy still misses a lot of st- stuff. If it's not totally niche design play where it's he's running to his right, the guy is dragging across the middle of the field running to his right, when they don't give him like that real easy layup stuff, he's having difficulty making things happen consistently in the in the pass game. Now his arm strength is through the roof. It's yeah. Watching him throw a football is almost like watching Shaq shoot a free throw in terms of like Shaq's hands are the football is the, the basketball is so small in Shaq's hands it just looks so weird. The way Anthony Richardson just flicks a football looks unnatural. Like it's it's un, unworldly almost how strong it is. But if you can't control it, it's not all that great. He doesn't seem to be doing a really good job of reading and pulling when it comes to the read option. I think that kind of reared its head a little bit in certain situations against Vanderbilt. Man, they went at four, like on fourth down and, and three in their own territory, like deep in their own territory late in the game against Vanderbilt. Couldn't even pick that up. And that defense uh, hasn't really impressed me all that much either. And their Ventrell Miller, which I think their best linebacker, arguably, he got kicked out of the game uh, via – targeting so he'll miss the first half against Florida State we know how strong Florida State has played and just the last thing is like watching that South Carolina defense they look so unglued against Florida like the Florida success that they had so much of it was just missing run gaps they do so much motion and them just it seemed like they weren't prepared for any of that kind of stuff uh, so 
you know, credit them for beating South Carolina the way they did, but the way they played against Vanderbilt, I think, is kind of a more of a true indicator of where that program is right now. Uh, which to say makes me feel really good about the the odds for Florida State, which I think last checked on my book it was seven and a half. Uh, Florida State uh, being, yeah, a I think I've seen another sports book that had it at uh, nine and a half. I saw it swell up to that. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know, have you had a chance to look at floor or just your your initial sort of thoughts? We might have a show later on this week where we kind of maybe maybe we'll have Tom on. We'll we'll hammer it down a little more nuts and bolts matchup the matchup. But uh, you know, I, I was almost joking, Corey. I was like, hey, well, don't forget they got to go to Nashville the week before floor before, before they play Florida State. Uh, and man, they 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 fell flat on their face. Yeah. Well, look, man, and, and like you said, when you told me that I knew that Vanderbilt upset Kentucky, but. When you told me that they had played the previous two games closely, I'm like, okay, well, Vanderbilt's not a joke then. That's not, that's not maybe going to be a, a laugher, and clearly it wasn't. Well, I mean, you might people listening to this might have been laughing uh, when they heard, you know, first time since 1988 the Gators have lost up there, but which is crazy, Vanderbilt. Who was the, I mean, Spurrier wasn't in coaching then, was he? No, that was right after um, who was their coach because he was Galen Hall, maybe, or yeah. Galen Hall had just gotten fired and they had, I think it was Galen Hall. And then Spurrier uh, took over for him once he got fired and they had all their probation stuff. Correct. Um, Galen Hall. Correct. Okay. There we go. So, uh, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's a long time to go without losing. And they play them every other year. It's not like they go, they cycle off the schedule every eight years or something. That's, right. that's nuts. But, um, so, yeah, Napier's out here losing to Kentucky and Vanderbilt and then, you know, beating Utah. By the way, I don't get it with the Cam Rising kid at Utah. He plays There's really nothing... poorly away from home. If you look at his – Holy yeah, moly, man. He's a different guy when he's – I was just home. mad at him for the throw in the in the swamp, <laughs> but I watched all, almost all of that Oregon game, and he's just not good. Um, but anyway, whatever. I guess he'll get drafted. I, I don't know. He's like Apparently they think he's better than Jordan Travis. I can't – fathom that but yeah with, with Florida look they do have a physical offensive line and they run the ball well a lot of that is because of they have a 240 pound kid that can move and he's tough to tackle and I'm talking about the quarterback so he adds an element to the run game that makes their run game good and and look if if he's got a couple of weapons out wide um, he does have an incredible arm and if he's on but he hasn't you have a, really you, been you're gonna have an issue yeah but Maybe puts you, it all you together. can also dictate things yes and you can put him on. You can make him not be on. And I just feel like, you know, they'll they'll have a pretty good plan, and I'm sure they're going to move the ball. But I I think that if you if you can hold them, and they, remember, this is a first team defense that hasn't given up a touchdown and given up one touchdown in a month. If you hold them to 20 points, you should win by two touchdowns. You, that that's just the reality of the situation. That's how bad their defense has been and how bad it just how bad it is period they're they're not very good at really either thing i don't believe they just gave i know one of the touchdowns was a special teams touchdown but even then let's say they gave up 24 points to vanderbilt nobody does that um they're they're not good and they're not very physical you can run on them i think you can throw on them um i think they're somewhere near the hundreds in total defense Ninety um, eighth. They're allowing over yeah. four hundred eight yards per game. Yeah, and the, and you can honestly say you have the best offense they've seen. And they've played A and M, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Eastern Washington, South Florida. So they've had some less than stellar offenses they've had to go up against. Now they did. Go I, have they Tennessee. played an elite? Have they played an elite offense besides Tennessee? 
I, I mean, do you want to count Georgia? Georgia? I don't know. I mean, uh, LSU not really. Put, LSU put 45 on them. Georgia put yeah. 42 on them. A&M put 24 on them. I mean, a Which is crazy. That's like 50 for another school. You. They couldn't put 24 on UMass. Yeah, which oh, that's a whole other podcast. But uh, So, yeah, man, I, I just think that you have as good a quarterback. Look, if Anthony Richardson plays well and plays at his capability, he's the real deal. He's a tough dude. You also have a very, very good quarterback. You have you you know you have a really good quarterback. This kid is hit or miss. He could be one, but you know you have the better defense by leaps and bounds. So I just think if you and you know you're going in the game running the ball, you know you're going to run for over 200 yards. So as long as you don't have a a, a bunch of turnovers, horrible untimely turnovers, if you just break even in the turnover battle or lose it by one, you should win comfortably. But that's that's a big if, man. That things happen. I've, I've been in a game where a team turned it over seven times. Um, so if that doesn't happen, save for that happening, I just trust this offense is going to do enough to put up somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty-five points. And I would I, that that to me is almost the floor if they don't turn it over a bunch. That's how well they're playing right now, man. Yeah, I didn't think Trey Benson played well. Ahead, sorry. Yeah, but but I didn't think Trey Benson played all that well on Saturday for his, especially by his standards of recent weeks. And Johnny Wilson and Micah Pittman didn't play essentially, and you still did what you did, man. This is just it's 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 really ridiculous what this offense is doing right now. Thirteen different, uh, sorry, ten different receivers, ten different rushers. Uh, Jordan nine of fourteen. Uh, you know, baseball cap on coming out the locker room, so everything really lined up well for them. Yeah, I just – they would have to play tight, like some sort of – it would have to be some sort of yes. emotionally yep. unprecedented, at least here for like the last four weeks. And I'll listen, the, the next sort of steps here is going to be being the hunted, right? Like yep. going against LSU next year to start off the season, you know, being preseason ranked maybe top 10 if Jordan Travis coming back. That's going to be a whole new set of challenges. Maybe if you're you're 10-0 and 0 in November next year, something like that, or two years from now, whatever it is, like those – that kind of emotional stress. But, man, this is somewhat similar, I think, to Miami. Now, this is a little bit more of a game program right now than Miami is, obviously. Yeah. But they're they're so – and you mentioned, I think, in the wrap-up, just speaking to the players afterwards, with the exception of Robert Scott, because that's the way he's wires, is always be fun-loving uh, and have fun with everything. So workmanlike, so focused on just the present, the here and now. They didn't want any pats on the back after that Louisiana game. It's hard to imagine, especially after what they dealt with last year and going to the swamp and maybe playing too too tight, too too wound up. They'd have to do just something really outside the box in terms of what out of character. Ac- yes, what we've come accustomed yeah. to in the last few weeks. So yeah, and but you when you have to bet on that, when you have to bet on that, yeah, like if you're, if you're Florida, you're, that's that's the way you win. Like Florida State has to do something crazy that they just haven't done. All right, that's it could happen. It could. It's not impossible. Yeah, sure, but go fine. Take that. I don't. I don't need that that data. I don't need that lane to stay in to win my game. I'll be like, they're running at an unbelievable clip. The quarterback is protecting the ball, making the right reads, and this defense just, I mean, they, they're, they're impervious to whatever's going on around them. They just know only one thing, getting off the field as soon as possible without allowing that team to score on them. So Yeah, so th- that's the question about being the hunted. I think that's something that might take it into effect next year. I What I want to see this year, and I brought it up on headlines last week, is you know, they. I want to see them respond to this stage. The stage being 
You're at home. It is a huge game. The The crowd is going to be fever-pitched. I want to see you go out there and handle that well. Like, it's a whole different mindset, in my opinion. Maybe it isn't, and maybe he's got this thing. It's a machine, and we, we shouldn't even question it. But being playing an important game at home, there is a different set of pressures and expectations that comes with that. And then being on the road, we're all we got, we all we need. There's, you know, I know Miami had 15,000 fans there, but, you know, it's a different mindset on the road in the TMI Dome or on the road in Miami as it is 70,000 of your fans wanting to celebrate you and you have this last game against your rival. There's an inherent pressure that comes with that. Um, that's different. Now, the the benefits outweigh the the negatives as far as, you know, you want your home crowd, it's loud, it's tough for the offense, but I want to see this team answer and play like this. They haven't had a lot of opportunities. I thought they shrank in the moment against Wake Forest, and I thought for that six-minute stretch especially, they shrank in the moment against Clemson at home. Both those games are at home. They have been in Mike Norvell's tenure, in my opinion, a better road team than a home team. No, and you don't mean that. I do. I mean, at least recently. Okay, well, they like. So at North Carolina, at North Carolina was a enormous win for them. At Boston College last year, I mean, they finished those. Other than Miami, those were their two best wins. And then this year, I mean, uh, well, I know it wasn't well, a road to, game, but LSU and New Orleans wasn't doke. Well, you got to scrub. You're scrubbing 2020 then, because Miami. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. completely. Yeah, okay. I mean, they didn't do anything that year. Who cares? Yeah, they were awful in the road, but they were kind they of were awful exceptionally at home too. bad on the road. I mean, they yes, that was that was North Carolina State. That was Louisville. That was Miami. At least they beat you know they beat North Carolina home that year, and you know they did beat Jacksonville and Duke. Yeah, well, uh, but yeah, so but yeah, no, basically the last two years they have been they've lost they've lost at home too many times. They've gotten down. They've given up these huge runs at home. And while I don't foresee that happening, to me, that's what I want to see this team. I want them to be celebrated. That's going to be a huge crowd and answer the call, man. Be there and the, don't not shrink, but tighten up. Like you said, I think sometimes you can play tight at home and you shouldn't, you should be at a fever pitch because that place is going to be nuts. People really love this team, and they haven't seen a win over Florida in five years. Jimbo Fisher was the coach the last time uh, they beat Florida, and they, he was not the coach three days later. So it's been a long, long time, and I just think I want to see them handle that the way I think they can and I, with the way they can handle it. I don't want them to get tight. I don't want them to worry about – you know what I mean? I right. just think that's one of the things I haven't seen is them in a big moment at home – play well. Clemson didn't play well. I don't think really at all. Wake Forest played maybe their worst game of the season. Um, last year, again, completely different team, but Notre Dame fever pitch. You're right in the game. They go on a 21 0 run. All of these things in front of a packed stadium. Now this team is much, much better than that team to start, uh, you know, 2021 prove it. Go beat the, go play as well in this environment in front of your own fans as you have on the road the last, I don't know, 12 months. The clutch shot, the biggest hit. It's time for the Zaxby's Indescribably Good Player of the Week. You heard the man. It is time for the Zaxby's Indescribably Good Player of the Week. Corey, the floor is yours. 
You know what, man? I feel bad. I think it was it was on this show, I believe, when I was talking about Dominic Robinson's son, Deuce, who's the number one tight end in the country, and talking about wouldn't it be fun for them to run cool things for you, Deuce, because they're great with the tight ends. They have great stuff for the tight ends, but they don't necessarily have great tight ends to use them. And then my man Biscuit goes out there and makes the catch of his life on Saturday. What a catch, Aslan. Out there looking like Odell Beckham. Junior and senior, just out there making plays, man. Flying biscuit, one-handed. It was it was his first career touchdown catch, um, and he's had a nice season, right? He's been yeah. a contributor. Yeah. He's had some big catches and big moments for this team. But for him to get in the end zone on a highlight catch like that, that was uh, indescribable, I should say. So kudos to him. Shout out to him, and shout out to Duffy for getting his uh, first career touchdown pass on that play too. As for me, uh, I'm going to go to the pitch. Shout out World Cup has started. The motherland taking on England. Uh, as you're listening to this, probably. Maybe it's already over, and I'm crying because they lost to England. Uh, but shout-out to Leilani Nesbeth and the Lady Knowles. They are now advancing to the Elite Eight. Leilani's got two goals through the tournament, including an absolute bomb laser from about 23 yards out in the victory over Pittsburgh last night to put Florida State in the Elite Eight. She also has an assist in the tournament, so she's been red hot. Frankly, she's been indescribably hot on the pitch for the Knowles in the tournament. So I'm going to go with Leilani Nesmith. Corey goes to Marquise and Douglas. Those are our Zaxby's indescribably good players of the week. Have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why? And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or anything. No, everything's PG. Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving. Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force One. Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast. Cybersecurity declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 left. We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to talk a little more college football, at least from like a national perspective, Corey, just for a All few right. minutes. But uh, basketball, Friday, mm. brutal. Uh, yep. What happened, man? I I saw they're up by 19. I went to take a shower. I got out of the shower and just it, it, it was gone. It was over. What happened? Uh, yeah, they, they, uh, they started turning the ball over with great frequency. Uh, they couldn't rebound, and Florida started making shots and – uh, that was the end of the game. Their offense was uh, painful in the second half. Uh, Ira wrote, and I, I think Ira and I—I I mean, I don't—I don't disagree with Ira. He, his take on that game was like it was cool to see they at least had that first half in them. Yeah, that they were possible of playing that well for a half, which is—I get it. But I told him like, man, I, it's still they can't make the tournament. Like the tournament's done at Florida State. I mean, there's there's almost zero chance now, and there wasn't. I mean, obviously they weren't going to make it anyway. This team is not a tournament team. I don't even know if it's an ACC tournament team, but it's certainly not making the NCAA tournament, even when they get their guys back, because of how many uh, losses they're going to stack up until they're fully healthy and fully operational. By that time, it won't matter how good they are in the second half of the season, even if they get there, and that's that's just a bummer. You know that we don't at Florida State now. You, you don't want to just okay. Well, they're you know they played well in the second half of the season. No, the whole goal is to get to the tournament. That's what he's done to this program, and because of the injuries, because of the or, uh, I guess suspension of Baba Miller, and maybe some recruiting misses or some not development that you'd like. This is not 
um, indicative of what this Florida State basketball program should be. And you get out to a 17-point halftime lead or whatever it was, and then you allow a 30-5 to run to start the second half because why wouldn't you? It's just this is what's this is how it is for this program right now and it's uh it's it's uh it's 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 frustrating to watch but they are just not good aslan that's the no. that's the answer to the question they're just not good they they are getting so chandler jackson the freshman point guard played a little bit so he might be on the way back Naheem mcleod played a little bit didn't look like himself but he at least was out there played a few minutes for, you're supposed to be out for two months right is that yeah what and told? He, yeah he was out for two games but so We'll we'll see we'll see what this ends up what it ends up being but maybe they're getting healthier but even when they do the, 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 there's been so much bad already that they have really almost no way of riding the ship to get ready for the NCAA tournament so it seems like it just feels like a wasted season when Florida State isn't competing for the NCAA tournament and maybe top tier in the ACC at this point it feels like a wasted season. Yeah. I like Ira's take, though. I didn't think they had that in them. I remember thinking. Well, that's true. Yeah. I remember thinking, I'm like, I will only go to, because it was Friday night. I'm like, I don't want to go cover basketball on a Friday night. Sorry, everybody. Um, But like, if they win, I'll go. Obviously, it's a big deal. Beat Florida. And that's why I got into the shower. I'm like, all right, man, I have to go to the Civic Center and cover this game. Uh, But I'm like, I was happy. I'm like, good, man. I I can't believe they have this uh, in them. And then, you know, I got the shower and I was all dressed. I'm like, okay, never mind. But. Mm. Something to build off of, which is all you can really grasp for right now at this point. I mean, again, well, they play tonight, Aslan. They play tonight versus Mercer. Let's yeah. hope they get that uh, first dub. Six thirty, ACC Network. It's going to be a blast. By the way, shout out to the women's basketball team. Mm. Um, they beat Florida yeah. earlier in the week. Uh, Tania Latson, um, I think that's her name. Tania Latson's the freshman sensation. She's averaging like twenty-seven a game, which is crazy. Yeah, she's she's really, already scored yeah. over thirty twice. Yep. And uh, th- so they beat Florida and then, uh, yeah, badly. And then they went on the road and beat Houston in overtime. So Brooks 5-0 uh, and o to start the year, man. That's cool. And I would recommend, if you're not in Tallahassee, every now and again, maybe occasionally watching this team, that's how special this freshman is. She's awesome. She's really, really fun to watch. Yeah, she's from Miami, too. So yeah, take that. Bad times down in Miami. Just everything. Yeah, nothing up. going right down there except for <laughs> Tua. Nothing going right down in Miami. Hate to see it. What were your thoughts on? Did you watch? I know you said it was on the TV at the at the CP Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, mm. cptallybar.com. I thought the I thought the UCLA Southern Cal game was an absolute gem. I thought it was a fantastic college football game. It it makes me kind of pine for what it used to be about how there was like real true parity in the sport, how there was brands geographically. Because I know what they do out there, we don't see down here, and it probably wouldn't travel, and vice versa, or maybe not vice versa. Alabama could go out to Los Angeles, and Georgia could, and they would trounce them. But um, like, I have no apologies if I'm a Southern Cal fan about the way my team plays football. I thought that was an extremely entertaining game. Yeah. UCLA played well as uh, on top of it too. I just part of me I, I know the way forward the lifeboat you don't want to be on a lifeboat you want to be on a yacht when all these you know when the cookie starts crumbling and the dominoes start falling when it comes to realignment and these power conferences but like watching the TCU game against Baylor watching Southern Cal UCLA I don't think any, I don't think Southern Cal or, or TCU really has a legitimate shot of beating Ohio State and Georgia and back-to-back games and winning a national title same thing with Southern Cal 
And part of me is almost, I'm almost going to be envious of the teams that don't get caught up and what we're going to probably end up getting caught up with when it comes some sort of autonomous group, which is football only schools. I don't know, maybe we'll be investing so much money that we'll all be so elite and so top flight like the NFL. It'll all be really hunky dory and, and, and parity will be at that level. But just to see that reminded me of, man, like college football doesn't need to look like just 300 pound dudes that are just absolute mutants going crazy. It can also be just. Just high flying fun football, man. I miss that stuff. I miss it, man. All right, buddy. Uh, you went a, a couple different routes there. I, I I think I followed you. I think I know what you're saying. I, I think I would say this. I watched the entire second half of the Georgia Kentucky game, and I watched the entirety of the USC UCLA game. And I can tell you which one I enjoyed more. Oh. And it was the one out west. Oh. Like I didn't need to see it. But you that know, South I, Carolina Tennessee game was gross. That was, I, mean, I mean, sure, yeah, there's a lot of scoring. By the way, I, I think I texted you. was like, what? Shane Beamer had it out for old Josh Heupel, <laughs> yeah, huh? Like, yeah. he was throwing – Spencer Rattler threw his final touchdown with two minutes left, and they were up by 25 points. They already hit, they were up 56-31, to 31, and his starting quarterback's out there slinging it around. So, I don't know – yeah, I don't know if they had, they had some issues in the past or what the deal was there, but, uh, um, yeah, man, it's uh, – I, I – I just, when you watch those teams like USC and UCLA, it's like there's no talent out there that you can put on the other side of the ball. That's what I don't, I know you say that, but like it's California. They're still athletic. They still coach it. They're going up against these offenses in practice. I mean, but they can't stop them. So I know they wouldn't be able to stop, you know, Georgia, but yeah. maybe they So that's the issue. It's like, offense. I, yeah, I, yeah. It's just when I watch that, I always, and especially Lincoln Riley, I'm like, man, are we really going to get another Lincoln Riley team in the playoff? Like, awesome. We, so, so another SEC team can be up by four scores in the first quarter yeah. because they you just do not play defense. I, think I know. That's, go ahead. I, but I, I know that's not his philosophy. It's like I, I hate defense. I don't even want to play it. I'd rather have nine guys on the field. I know that's not what he's trying to do, but there is something where it's just, you know, they go fast. They have really good offenses. All their best athletes seem to be on that side of the ball, and they just uh, – his teams always just really struggle. But he's also in Oklahoma and then USC. And all the great defensive linemen are down here in the South, apparently. I mean, the one thing I will say, unless it wasn't a blip, obviously with Alabama, they've had a dynasty here. You know, I know Clemson took him out a few times. But, like, that game, those years, like, listen, I don't think Georgia right now, I think Georgia's the best team in the country. I think the best team in the Southeastern Conference. I don't think they're anywhere near, though, just how dominating Alabama was two years ago. Like, when you've got... Jerry Judy and, you know, Henry Ruggs, and then the third-string guy ends up winning the Heisman the year later. Like, the the overwhelming amount of talent that Alabama had the last, like, three or four years. I don't think Georgia has that. Georgia's got a a, a salty, all-get-out defense. So, maybe, hopefully we won't see that level of just dominance from a team. Because right now, it does feel like it's kind of... George is still obviously the favorite, but I don't think but anybody would be surprised. There's a lot surprised. of parity. Yeah, I mean, because I think there isn't just an absolute 800-pound gorilla Goliath when you've got, you know, Najee Harris as your running back and those three wide receivers and Landon Dickerson and all these other guys on the offensive line that are dogs. And then, you know, Patrick Sertan and, you know, all these guys, Mika Fitzpatrick in your secondary. Like, they've got some of those guys, but they're at different levels of their careers right now at Georgia and at Alabama. They're not all, like, third-year dudes, money year, Let's go out there and just absolute run roughshod. So maybe, hopefully, the mechanism in the SEC has been slowed down. I'm, I'm hoping because 
So I can't do it. Can't keep doing this every year, Corey. Just watching them get in there. But I, I think we've uh, we've kept the Wolves at the gates. I think they're only going to get one team in unless LSU miraculously beats Georgia. Which I, I don't know. That'd be, be a miracle. Oh, but on. even then, how do you put them above Tennessee? Oh. They both have the same record. Tennessee beat them. Yeah, but the, like just because they won the championship, the SEC. Yeah. yeah. All right. They like the okay. conference tournament, conference championships, all, right. all that sort of stuff. I guess so. So uh, yeah. So uh, hey, well the way this is going, Notre Dame's going to be in. <laughs> Um, it's just, but, but I, I, yeah, I do like this. And I, and I think when I was so excited about the proposal to 12 team playoffs, this is exactly why, because of a season like this, number one could lose to number 20. Yeah. Number three could lose to anyone. Like, do you think Florida state could not beat TCU? No, exactly. I think Florida state might be favored against TCU, yeah. but they certainly would have a chance and they'd have a chance against obviously LSU. We know that they'd have a chance against Tennessee, whoever's. Whoever's going to be ranked Michigan, I think they can beat Michigan. I think they can beat anyone. The point being, get to 12 teams. Right now, Florida State, I think what are, they're probably going to be 15th in the playoff poll. Maybe 16th. Maybe they'll, I, I think there's a chance they'll even be higher in the playoff poll come Tuesday than they are in the AP and the coaches poll now. Well, then if you beat Florida and some other dominoes fall, you might be 12th. And guess what? If the playoffs were, you'd be in the playoffs. That, to me, just makes it so much more exciting, man. Like, there, it, this last month has been awesome. It's been really cool. But it, it at, the, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean a whole lot from a national standpoint. I'm sure there are people around the country that are like, oh, that's cool. Florida State looks to be pretty good again. But that's it. And they'll watch on Friday night because they won't have anything else to watch. So they'll be in, in tune there. But... It would mean so much more if Florida State was playing on Friday night with a chance at the playoff on the line. And I think that's coming. And I think college football desperately needs it because you see the parity. I know you were just talking about, I mean, Georgia had an all-time defense last year. Alabama had an all-time offense in 2020. LSU had an all-time offense in 2019. Yeah. I really do think those are anomalies. It, they just happen to be stacked one after another on top of each other. I really do think the way the college football is going and has been trending you're not going to have crazy, ridiculous, unbeatable sides of the ball. So, because there's just too many good players. So, hopefully, the college football playoff uh, settles it down, and more team, more players would be willing to look at a Florida State or a TCU because they know they can still get to the playoff at those schools, and they don't just have to go to Athens or Columbus or Tuscaloosa to get into a playoff anymore. Yeah, I will just say when they do go to 12 teams, you know, after 20 years, I don't know how many teams above or below like the five seed line will win but man if it started this year this would be one of those years where i think there's, there's a legitimate shot where the eighth team in the country could go on a run i don't know how many times yeah. that's going to happen well but i think it's think mostly about... going to be but still it's, it's the opportunity for everybody to get involved i think you know we'll see how it all shakes up i just feel like we'll we'll probably at a point where it's like yeah man it's going to usually be the the one of the top four teams that gets a first round by and gets to play their games at their home stadium ends up winning this 80% of the time. And then eventually you'll get your wild card winner, like, you know, whatever, the Ravens. I don't know. That was 2000, 2000 season. I don't know how long the wild card had been around. 10 years? Yeah, wild card. Years? I think the Giants were the Giants wild card when they won it. They only had like nine or 10 regular season wins. Nine wins, I think, when they beat the Patriots that year. Um, yeah, but like they came after the Ravens, though. I'm just saying, like, the Ravens were the oh, first yeah. team to be that team that was like a wild card. Yeah, but I, I think I don't look at it like that. I look at it like, say, Florida State, this year there was a playoff and they snuck in as a 12 seed and they lost in the first round. And then, but they, they're a playoff team. Yeah. 
and recruits around the country see, oh, yeah, Florida State made the playoff. That's cool. Then next year, maybe they sneak in as an 11 seed. Maybe they win a game, but then they lose the next round. Yeah, okay, they're not winning the championship, but they are now ingrained in high school recruits' minds as a playoff team. So you start getting better players. Man, people that are under the age of 30 will not understand that Gonzaga was nothing in basketball for my entire life. John Stockton went there. That's the only thing you knew about him for the first 25 years of my life. And now they are, without question, the most consistent basketball program in the United States. Because in those years, they, didn't, they weren't going to Final Fours. Heck, they still haven't won a national championship. But they were, they, they, they were the Cinderella. They won a couple of big games in the late 90s in the tournament. Then all of a sudden, they're, oh, they're a, they're a perennial tournament team. Oh, now they're a perennial Sweet 16. Now, hey, they, they were number one in the country a couple years ago. Like, you just become ingrained as a, as a Sweet 16 Elite 8 team like Gonzaga basketball has. And now we don't even question that they're always number one or number two in the country. Gonzaga, some Jesuit school from Spokane, Washington, that has like 3,000 kids, is all of a sudden a basketball superpower. And that's because how, that's how it happened, because they had postseason success. They didn't win anything, like, overwhelmed. They didn't win championships, but they were so prevalent in the postseason that they became, the, the kids went, it wasn't a joke to go there. It wasn't like, wait, you turn down UCLA and Kentucky to go to Gonzaga? What? People understand that now. And I think that's what could happen with these playoffs. Like, TCU makes it four years in a row. Okay, well, if you're getting recruited by Texas and A&M and TCU, even though... TCU hasn't gotten to the championship game. You're like, okay, that's a perennial power. I want to go there. So I, that's why that's how I think it could help too. Right. So I, the point being, you're probably right. There's not going to be a lot of 11 seeds that win a national championship, but those 11 seeds could then become a three seed in a couple of years, and then they're winning. Well, we'll see. I mean, Cincinnati, you know, they made the playoff. They haven't really parlayed that into much. But yeah, well, that was yeah. that was last year. What are they right? doing this year? Well, I mean, I, I guess their recruiting class isn't great, Aslan. I, I don't know. Like they, they, they weren't good enough to make the playoffs two years in a row. But they would have a chance this year. Yeah, I mean, they, I don't think they do now to be in the playoff out, again as yeah, a top twelve seed. Yeah, if they went out, they would probably they might be able to sneak in there. And then you just start becoming okay. Cincinnati's a playoff team. This isn't a joke to turn down Florida to go to Cincinnati. I, I do how about think Ohio State? That yeah. can happen. Well, yeah, Florida would be good, too, anytime you spurn the Gators. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Don't go to Gainesville when you can go to Cincinnati. You ever had that chili? Mm, skyline, buddy. It? Skyline chili? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good oh, stuff. Yeah. Right, they got one in Clearwater. All right, that's a wrap for us for now. We'll be back live 6 p.m. Join us. Uh, I don't know. We'll have a, maybe another show as well this week for you, maybe for like a Friday drop. Mm, we'll see okay. how it all goes. Yeah, Corey, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it off, off, off the mics here. Stay connected to WarChant.com. Practice early in the morning. If it was a Tuesday, pretend it is. We'll have full updates and interviews with Coach Norvell, Alex Atkins, and players afterwards. And then the Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock. I don't know if it's a montage worthy, but maybe it will be because it's Florida week. We got you covered at WarChant.com. Stay connected. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up WarChant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.